Another piece of Central Africa has been taken over by military forces. Russia lurks on the sidelines and on the airwaves. China wants its citizens to be on the lookout online for spies. And the Indian journalist who's on a mission to expose the dangers posed by the country's news media. Hello, I'm Richard Gisbert, and you're at The Listening Post, where we don't cover the news, we cover the way the news is covered. You can add Niger to the growing list of African countries to see their government fall in a military coup. From coast to coast, a whole swathe of sub-Saharan states is now run by military juntas. Niger has been a key Western ally, a strategic partner, and supplier of important minerals. But citizens there have soured on the U.S. and French troops based on their soil, saying they have failed to improve security. Watching all of this unfold and pulling some of the strings is Russia. The Kremlin is looking to up its influence in the region and has infiltrated the African media space with pro-Kremlin content on television, radio, and online. President Vladimir Putin sees an opening. He has offered to ally Russia with African nations fed up with Western neocolonialism. But would Russia be any less exploitative than Africa's old colonial masters? Probably not. A military takeover in Niger, straight out of the coup d'etat playbook. Men in uniform, commandeering the state-owned TV channel, announcing a changing of the guard. Ce jour, 26 juillet 2023, nos forces de défense et de sécurité avons décidé de mettre fin au régime que vous connaissez. The story is local, the context regional. Niger is just the latest Central African country on a growing list, including Mali, Burkina Faso and Chad, to overthrow a government that was seen as close to the West. Countries in a part of Africa known as the Sahel that are now the targets of a charm offensive coming from the East, Russia. The coup in Niger is particularly significant because it removes the West's central ally in the region. For the US and the French to have a base to fight insurgents and France relies on nuclear energy for about three quarters of its energy uh, mix and a lot of its uranium comes from Niger, so it's significant in that respect. The Agadez base in northern Niger, where the U.S. drone base is located, is a, is a huge base. And so Washington would be particularly worried about this. And for France as well, it is the last standing ally, if we exclude Chad. And probably what was on the mind of Putin at the time was that without much effort, another Sahelian country had fallen. Washington. Both Washington and Paris were very surprised. If President Mohamed Bazoum does not return to power, then they have lost their main ally in the region. And it reinforces Putin in his position as Big Brother, the godfather of anti-imperialists in Africa. That is the real success of Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin propaganda. Russia has exploited a rise in anti-Western sentiment in the Sahel linked in part to worsening security there. The US and France have flooded Niger with hundreds of millions of dollars in military equipment to contain jihadist militants. America operates one of its biggest drone bases there. 
Yet, the jihadist attacks continue, and citizens have concluded, with some help from Russia, that the Americans and the French have failed to protect them. Russia's propaganda is multifaceted, ranging from some familiar mainstream media outlets that have partnered with African channels, to some online elements, film output, and even cartoons. Yevgeny Prigozhin and Wagner, the mercenary force that most of the world came to know after Russia invaded Ukraine, actually made their name in Africa long before that. And Wagner is working alongside Russian mainstream media outlets peddling an anti-colonial narrative in the Sahel. RT and Sputnik have a number of agreements with broadcasters across Africa. Um, a classic example is a relationship that they have with a broadcaster in Cameroon. La Russie a été l'allié de ceux qui ont lutté pour la conquête de des indépendances. Aussi factice était... They provide content and they can spread a Russian-centric view of African news and current affairs by providing a ready-made story. Sputnik can act as a de facto wire service. Um, RT will provide videos. There is an online toolkit as well. So they push out bots, they have troll farms, a full toolbox of weapons through which they can exert influence and they've been intentional about it. Another prong just outside of RT and Sputnik is what Prigozhin's media arm has been able to do. There was a movie that the Wagner group essentially paid for in the Central African Republic called Tourist about gun-toting um, mercenaries who came to save the president on the eve of an election. So they have this all-encompassing approach. And when there's already this um, anti-Western or particularly anti-French sentiment in so many of these countries, they find fertile ground. There is this not-so-subtle animated video which is extremely ridiculous. Russian soldiers coming down of a helicopter with the Russian flags but also uh, Wagner flags attached to their uniforms to the rescue of Malian and Burkinabe soldiers which are battling an army of zombie skeletons that have French flags onto them and this giant snake that is a way for the Russians to say that France is, in the region, soulless, weak and old, and uh, the, the Russian soldiers that are helping their Malian and Burkina Bay counterparts as partners, as if they are equals in this battle against France. News events sometimes have a way of coinciding. And as the coup was unfolding in the Nigerian capital, Niamey, Vladimir Putin happened to be wooing African leaders in St. Petersburg. The Russian president and his officials told them that both Russia and Africa are under threat from the West, that it's time for alliances to shift, that they should work together as they sometimes did during the Cold War. Yevgeny Prigozhin was there, barely a month after his forces were threatening to march on Moscow. He was seen talking with the CEO of the pro-Kremlin Pan-African TV channel based in Cameroon, Afrique Media. Prigozhin's presence in St. Petersburg provided a peek under the hood of the Kremlin, how it conducts its business in Africa. The presence of Prigozhin on the sidelines of the Russia-Africa summit shows that 
Ultimately, power is not concentrated just in the Kremlin. It tells us that Russia has a very sophisticated system where there are various tentacles. There are different ways in which Russia is trying to exert influence. And they offer services that go across the board from so-called training to also uh, covert operations around propaganda. The Russians will say that, you know, we are anti-colonial, we are we're, we're different from the West, and that's been the message they've been trying to push. But if you actually look in detail what people like Prigozhin's or companies linked to him are doing on the continent, it's essentially the same. They provide protection in a country like Central African Republic, and in exchange, they get to mine precious metals, providing up to one billion in revenue. For all the rhetoric about Russia trying to be different, there isn't actually that much different in their approach to the Western powers. Like France, whose president Emmanuel Macron has said he would take immediate and uncompromising action if any of its citizens or interests in Niger were harmed. The interests are the interesting part. Niger exports thousands of metric tons of uranium to the French every year which goes into the nuclear plants that power most of France's electrical grid. Niger's new leaders have now suspended those exports. France, which still has 1,500 troops in the country, has suspended financial aid to Niger while demanding a return to constitutional order, democratic rule. That's not going to fly with Nigerians. They have seen African dictators backed by French governments, including Emmanuel Macron's. We can see a difference with what happened in Chad, for example. A general seized power unconstitutionally, and France reacted by legitimizing that takeover. That's something that has remained in the memories of Nigerians, who say France validated a coup in Chad, but have gone hard on us. So this double standard, it is quite disastrous for the image of France today. Which explains why Nigerians have been protesting outside the French embassy in Niamey, while singing the praises of Vladimir Putin. Despite the fact, perhaps because of the fact, that there is almost no history between Russia and Niger. A lack of colonial history can be helpful, but Nigerians should be careful of what they wish for and which way their politics lean. To China now, where the government is encouraging its citizens on social media to report foreign spies and their Chinese collaborators to the authorities. Johanna Hus is here with more. Richard, this past week, China's Ministry of State Security, which is in charge of intelligence and counterintelligence, joined WeChat, China's primary and tightly controlled social media platform. The ministry is extremely secretive. It doesn't even have a proper website. But on Tuesday, it went public with its very first WeChat post. Titled, Countering Espionage Requires the Mobilization of All Members of Society, the ministry called on all Chinese people to join the fight against espionage, promising to reward them for identifying foreign spies and their Chinese associates. The state-run news channel CCTV did its part by offering citizens some tips on how to spot spies and what to do once they find them. Chinese 
Call the government hotline, apparently. Beijing and its official spokespersons have been pushing a narrative that China is facing a growing threat from foreign agents. That has resulted in new national security legislation, a vague counter-espionage law that came into effect last month, which broadens the definition of what could be considered spying. Critics argue that the ambiguity in the wording of the law could put foreign companies and individuals at risk for conducting routine business in China. And with the authorities now recruiting ordinary Chinese to find alleged spies, citizens who aren't trained to spot the difference between work and espionage, that danger seems pretty real. Thanks, Joe. India is creeping closer to a general election next year, at a time that the mainstream news media there are growing more and more toxic. That assessment comes from one of the country's most prominent journalists, Ravish Kumar. And Kumar would know. He spent nearly 30 years in the studios of NDTV, a national news channel that stuck to a centrist line while other channels were veering to the right, either willingly or under pressure from the government of Narendra Modi and his party, the BJP. Here at the Listening Post, we have documented that shift. TV hosts getting louder, more sycophantic, more anti-Muslim by the day, effectively proving Ravish Kumar's point. Kumar is the subject of a new documentary about the state of India's media. It's called While We Watched. It chronicles his last years at NDTV, just before a controlling stake at the channel was bought by a Modi-aligned businessman. For Kumar, that takeover was the last straw. He quit the channel. And this is how he explained that decision to his viewers on his way out the door. लेकिन आज के दौर की तरह भस्म युग भी नहीं था भस्म युग से मेरा मतलब है जहां इस पेशे की हर अच्छी बात तेज गति से भस्म की जा रही हो यह दिन भी आना ही था इस देश में अलग-अलग नाम वाले अनेक चैनल हो गए हैं मगर सब हैं तो गोदी मीडिया ही इस समय मेरे रास्ते निश्चित नहीं हैं निश्चित हैं तो सिर्फ हौसला है उसका भी क्या भरोसा कभी आसमान में होता है कभी पाताल में एक YouTube चैनल बनाया है रविश कुमार ऑफिशियल और Facebook पेज भी है रविश का पेज इसे सब्सक्राइब कीजिएगा अब मैं YouTube पर ही नजर आऊंगा NDTV इंडिया पर नहीं रविश कुमार joins us now रविश you do your work in Hindi you're also good in English we've agreed we're going to go back and forth between those languages as you see fit let me start here last year that businessman Gotamadani bought a controlling stake in the network you were working at, NDTV. You make a decision to go out the door, that you can no longer work there under these conditions. Given what you've seen on that channel since then, did you make the right call? Thanks, Richard, uh, for having me here. And uh, thanks for having a show uh, like The Listening Post, where you analyze uh, uh, media from across the globe. Uh, uh, my decision to leave NDTV was not based on guts only uh janta tha ki kaun aadmi aa raha hai aur kaun aadmi ja raha hai jo patrakarita ya jitni bhi patrakarita hum kar sake jab ndtv dr roy ke paas tha aur hum logon ne bahut limited resource se bahut tarah ke challenges se jo hum kar paaye jo aa raha tha uske paas mujhe pata tha ki paisa to bahut hai मगर वो सवाल पूछने की हिम्मत नहीं कर सकता है लेकिन अगर आप कंटेंट उनका देखें तो उससे बहुत साफ हो जाता है कि ये मीडिया ये मीडिया 
दो दो मास्टर को सर्व करने के लिए आया है एक मास्टर जो उसको ओन करता है और एक मास्टर जो पॉलिटिकल मास्टर हैं एक तरह से बाद में कई एंकरों ने उसे छोड़ा भी तो मुझे कोई शक नहीं था कि ये कौन है हुई धरती पे जितने भी न्यूज चैनल है वो खरीद सकते हैं पर मोदी सरकार से सवाल नहीं पूछ सकते हैं फॉर पीपल हु आर अनफेमिलियर विद इंडियन मीडिया स्पेस कैरेक्टर्स लाइक अर्नब गोस्वामी वीव सीन हिम गेट इन टू एन आर्ग्यूमेंट विद स्टूडेंट लीडर डिक्लेयर as though he's issuing a certificate of some kind that this guy is an anti-national someone's going to call your bluff and we are calling your bluff tonight someone's going to name you as anti-national and i am naming you as anti-national tonight surely thereafter someone takes a shot at that student leader yeah who gave these anchor people the power <laughs> yeah whether it's real or imagined in their heads to do this kind of thing who invested them with that power isse main bharat mein farzi degree baatne wale bahut institutions hain so news channel mein bhi farzi certificate baatne wale anchor aa gaye and uh, this anchor particular anchor you ask about उनको उसको भी याद नहीं होगा कि कितने लोगों को एंटी नेशनल बोला है कितने लोगों को गद्दार ट्रेटर बोला है कितने लोगों को आतंकवादी बोला है सुप्रीम कोर्ट के बहुत सारे ऑर्डर हैं जिसमें इस तरह के मीडिया को क्रिटिसाइज किया है कोर्ट ने कि वो कम्युनलाइज कर रहा है वो हेट हेट को स्प्रेड कर रहा है लेकिन आप जब भी रिचर्ड क्वेश्चन करेंगे इस इंडियन मीडिया को वो आके कहेगा कि आपने इंडिया को क्रिटिसाइज कर दिया जब 2014 आया उसके बाद जिस तरह से सैकड़ों न्यूज़ चैनल ने दिन रात कम्युनल एजेंडा समाज में फैलाना शुरू किया तो जो कॉमन मासेस था वो बहुत इनोसेंट था वो 2014 के पहले मीडिया को जिस लेगेसी से देख रहा था जिस ट्रस्ट से देख रहा था 2014 के बाद उसी ट्रस्ट से देख रहा था और वो उसके ट्रैप में फंस गया और विश्वास करने लगा कि एक धर्म के लोग हमारे लिए खतरा हैं तो ये काम सरकार अपनी जबान से नहीं बोल सकती थी क्योंकि बहुत सारे लिमिटेशंस हैं तो जो काम सरकार ऑफिशियली नहीं कर सकती थी वो काम न्यूज चैनल करने लगे और वो प्रोवोक करने लगे लोगों सो वॉट यूरगेट पेरेंट्स कोई और है और ओनर कोई और है उसका मेंबर्स ऑफ द प्राइम मिनिस्टर्स पार्टी द बीजेपी एंड दोस हु सपोर्ट द पार्टी टेक इश्यू विथ योर जर्नलिज्म दे से दैट एवरीथिंग्स बैड इन योर आईज दैट यू इग्नोर एनी स्टोरीज ऑफ प्रोग्रेस और पॉजिटिविटी इन इंडिया इज देयर एनी लेजिटिमेसी टू दैट क्रिटिसिज्म आर यू गिल्टी of being hyper focused no, on I'm the negative no i'm not guilty this is a false na- narrative any and this uh, they apply this narrative against anyone not only me my job is to ask question especially when prime minister goes and invites some film star to give a, a scripted kind of interview matlab aapko neend aati nahi hai 3.5 ghante ke baad nahi If you wanted to say that you have done so much you should not have invited Akshay Kumar you should have invited Ravish Kumar then my questions would have given you a chance to say that you have done so much for this country
you're now doing your thing on YouTube. You're no longer the, with the mainstream media. Yeah. You're going to do okay. Namaskar, main Ravish Kumar. But when voices like yours are basically taking refuge online, when that stuff ends up on, on YouTube or social media, is it ever going to reach enough people? Or will you always be dwarfed by hundreds of news channels? This 100 news channel, 200 news channel, the 400 news channel, the amount of big bands, मासेस के बैंड को पहुंचते हैं आप YouTube से वहां तक नहीं पहुंच सकते हैं ऑल्सो देर इज अ ह्यूज गैप ऑफ रिसोर्स वी डू नॉट हैव रिसोर्सेज वी आई डू नॉट हैव रिपोर्टर्स टू सेंड देम इन द फील्ड एंड गेट थिंग्स वेरीफाइड सो आई एम रिलाइड ऑन सेकेंडरी रिसोर्सेज बट आई नो दैट दिस इज नॉट इनफ एंड इन कंपेयर टू दिस स्केल ऑफ मीडिया So is that uh, is that almost like a declaration of defeat? No. Is never. it a form of surrender? No. This is not a declaration of defeat, but uh, I have to say uh, what is the real situation. And uh, if I have declared defeat, I would not have been working uh, and putting a video every day, every other day. But yes, I do miss television. And Richard, when I walked in. to this uh, studio uh, i got little emotional it's uh, pretty yeah. nice <laughs> it's pretty nice yeah and uh, uh, i felt like oh my god i'm uh, back the soul is coming back to my body <laughs> <laughs> let me um let me ask you this so india is about to go through another general election soon yeah. narendra modi will be running for a third term um with his ratings being as high as they are with him having all those news organizations in his corner how do you see the outcome of this election is it a foregone conclusion will it even be a contest uh, i am not sure about result i cannot pronounce the result before election held but i am concerned about fairness of elections hame us mez par aana padega aur apne aap ko batana padega ki ye media ek samasya hai is desh ke liye और दिस मीडिया ये जो मीडिया है इसका संबंध सिर्फ एक सरकार से नहीं है अब इंडिया में न्यूट्रल कोई ऐसा गवर्नमेंट न्यूट्रल मीडिया नहीं है स्टेट्स में भी गवर्नमेंट के अकॉर्डिंग मीडिया हो गया है तो प्रोसेस बहुत खराब है यू कैन नॉट रिपेयर दिस मेन स्ट्रीम मीडिया बट आई हैव एन आइडिया फॉर दिस मेन स्ट्रीम मीडिया आई वॉन्ट टू अपील टू बीजेपी प्लीज मर्ज दिस मेन स्ट्रीम मीडिया विद देयर फोल्ड and like you have many subsidies subsidiaries in your organization like women's front uh, traders front uh, and youth front just ba- you just have media front so also you're saying yeah. make it official yeah may make it official no, and merge with, merge this are. media with bjp i do not think uh, see that uh, uh, anyone has a resource and capacity to uh, change this mainstream media we have to create a a new kind of mainstream media if if we think that media is a necessary companion of any good and sober democracy richard oh especially yeah. a democracy that calls itself yeah. the world's largest democracy yes ravish kumar it's been a pleasure we wish you the best of luck on youtube uh, with your journalism in the future thank you richard thank you 
And finally, to the U.S., where former President Donald Trump is facing yet another indictment, his third in four months. This is the big one, though, since it relates to the January 6th insurrection. Trump stands accused of spreading lies about the election in a conspiracy to defraud the United States. Many of those lies were echoed on Fox News, whose coverage of this legal case seems designed to frighten Americans into thinking that Trump's prosecution means the end of their democracy, which it clearly does not. We will leave you now with a montage put together by a media researcher, Kat Abu Ghazali, of Fox's coverage of this indictment. She has turned it into a movie trailer, complete with scary music. We'll see you next time here at The Listening Post. This is not your country anymore. The legal equivalent of the French guillotine. A political war crime. The shredding of our constitution. They're going full banana republic. Full banana republic. Complaining to a governor over the phone, speaking at a rally. Are we going to now have to go back and find fraud in the 2020 election? Is this now what we're going to go relitigate?